This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour hurling ACA. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm So I have to start off, Brian, by congratulating you as an awfully man on Shane Lowry's brilliant uh, achievement. And like, I mean, I presume you have a sore head today. You were in Clara last night singing. I wish I was in Clara last night singing with with uh, Monday. No, um, Championship Saturday, so on the straight and narrow this week. But I know, look, everyone awfully, absolutely delighted. Um, the whole place went wrong in Clara for the last couple of nights. I've gotten a lot of Snapchats and Twitter feeders hopping. So, um no, look, in fairness to Shane, he's a he's a good guy. Um that's I think that's well documented. You see the way that everyone in Ireland has got behind him. But uh, you know, he's he, he gave us a talk with awfully years ago in the hurling and just very humble and very honest. But he comes from that type of background. He's yeah. not your um he's not your typical golfer, I suppose. He just comes from a normal background, played play GA himself growing up along and just happened to be very good at golf. Um and just eventually made it to the top so look fair play to him but jeez I'd love to be in Clara last night it looked yeah. like some crack yeah it looked like some crack and I started panicking I saw Connor Sketches doing the video I <laughs> yeah. says there is no way that little so and so is in Clara oh. again he's been I, I was thinking Connor Sketches had won the Open himself this last gone he's with him every day he's gone here and he's meant to be doing me a video for the show tomorrow night oh, in Wexford so, no no 
he's up, he's up. A true pro. He's up and he's up and he's doing it here at the moment. He's oh. getting his chair locked now and Davy Fitz oh, out for brilliant. tomorrow night. So he pulled him out a couple of times yesterday did, yeah. as well. So. I did. I saw him in the boar's head there. He was doing Lachnan as well. So, like, I mean, listen, uh, fantastic stuff, yeah. And I, I wish Shane congratulations on the football show. So we should do it on the hurling show definitely as well. He's one of our own. That's what we were saying. Like, I mean, whatever you say about McElroy or Harrington, yeah. I don't know. GA people just love Lowry because you know the father's connection, and yeah. he he's a GA man. Yeah. And I don't know. Is there an insecurity about us that we just love uh, kind of having someone? doing yeah. something good that is a GEA person oh he's so likeable well, even the clip with his granny you know the two, well, that was two great thing. Yeah. it's brilliant like, you know it's just everything about him he seems so down to earth and um, delighted from it's great for Ireland it's yeah. great lift you know especially yeah. for Offaly yeah Offaly hurling needs yeah, that <laughs> I think he's taking them next year I heard <laughs> Yeah. Chairman and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would deal with the county board too well, would he, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brian? With the professional uh, setup he's used to. <laughs> so yeah, we mentioned the live show. Uh, Connor sketches pulling a, a video together. So we're in the Crown Bar in Wexford town tomorrow night. So we've Michael Dignan, James O'Connor, and Tony Brown. They're going to talk mo- ma- mo- mostly about Davy Fitz, which there's loads uh, you, of talking about. The big hitters in then for tomorrow night, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we have feuds. We have feuds. Well, you didn't have a feud with Davy, although you kind. I had a little bit of one yeah. this this summer, Brian. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, yeah, I know. That's how you make your name, you see. You go for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we have Larry O'Gorman, Tom Dempsey and Cheddar. So Tom Dempsey's going to sing us a song and we're going to have music with Mick Darcy, um, local musician, to see out the show. So it was actually raging. We went for a venue, the Crown Bar, which is it's a very good venue. It's a capacity of 200. On day one, we had about 600 people looking for tickets. Uh, These Wexicans are crazy. They're lunatics. We could have, could have done a bigger venue, um, but we didn't. But anyway, it's going to be absolutely packed out. But just on that, like, I mean... It's their Wexford's first All-Ireland semi-final in 12 years. And there's talk about a crowd of 65,000 coming on Sunday. Um, Wexford County Board is selling 30,000 tickets. Tipperary only 15. That's poor from Tipperary now, you'd have to say. And they're looking at the rest, um, another 20 with neutrals coming up um, maybe uh, to the game. But like, I mean, 30,000 for Wexford. They are a fanatical supporters, uh, Mick, aren't they? Oh, I love the Wexford crowd, Willie. Like whenever you're playing them, they're so loud, colourful, and they're mad about Wexford hurl. And I suppose they haven't been here in a while. And and there's huge optimism for the game as well. Like they love Davy, they love this team, and they can see themselves going past Tipperary, which you couldn't have said over the years. You know, yeah, so yeah. I think yeah, they're in a great place. And and again with the Tip supporters, look, they're a fickle enough bunch. They want to see all Ireland or nothing, you know. And so I say, someone might be. Saving themselves for the trip down. 15,000 to oh, no, an Ireland semi final. I think that's poor. Now, Limerick and Kilkenny isn't much better because they're expecting a crowd at that one of 50,000. Mm. So if you're going on the basis that there's uh, maybe 20,000 neutrals the same as the other one, then you're looking at only 15,000 yeah. from both those counties. And they're much bigger counties as well, uh, Brian. So that, I don't know. Like, I mean, for Limerick and Kilkenny, you'd imagine they should be selling out Croke Park for an Ireland semi final. I, well, we've never seen that, let's be honest, because it's not that long ago. It was definitely when I was growing up, there was double headers for all our semi-finals. So right. um, I'm not I'm not too worried about that numbers. I, I still think they're decent numbers, to be honest. Once you're hitting around the 50,000 mm. mark, I think you're, you're doing OK. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about filling out 80,000. I think obviously the All-Ireland brings a huge amount of neutrals and your, your Sunshine supporters then as well. But Wexford crowd, just to go on them, they're unbelievable. Like I remember we played them in the Leicester final all the way back in 2004 and there was about 45,000 and I'd say there was about 40,000 Wexford. Like it was just amazing. Um, you know, just the noise of them, the sheer crescendo of noise. Um, 
you know, they're 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 they're, they're unbelievable. The Wexicans, as they say, but um, yeah. You know, Tipperary, yeah, fickle. That's that's a massive problem. Look, they thought they were blown through Munster. They were getting great crowds at all the games, and it's amazing how quickly they can they can turn on their own. So um, they'll be expecting they'll be expecting to get through this. Like you know, the will be a little bit of arrogance there as well. But you know, look, we can analyse that later on, maybe. But yeah, they might have to, they might get their comeuppance too. Maybe they're believing Liam Sheedy that Wexford are raging hot favourites, and there's no point in going after. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that fickle now. <laughs> I seen Michael Ryan saying during the week that he like he, if Davy tried to play the game plan he plays for Wexford in tip, the crowd would turn him so quickly. You know, even if he was getting the results because they just want to see that flamboyant hurling and yeah, it's just the tip crowd. You know, yeah. just, there's an element of truth to that, I suppose. Absolutely, there's an element of truth to that. That kind of works with counties trying to make the breakthrough rather than yeah. the big traditional ones. Jake Morris, lads, I don't know. Were you watching this one last night? Yeah, it was. Uh, a goal to win it. I didn't see it last night. To be honest, it completely slipped my mind that it was even on. So I was a little bit annoyed. So it was a, a, an injury time, an injury time goal. A smashing goal, Willie. Was uh, it? Like my, my club manager Joey Morris played for Dublin for years. Great hurl himself. He's been ra- this is his nephew, you know. And every time I've been training, he's like, "Man, he's a smashing hurler. You'll see him for tip in a few years." And geez, he's hit the same. Like even when he came on for tip for the last few years, he's always made an impact. Love watching him play because he has that unpredictable about him where he'd fling a ball over his shoulder and stitch it when he shouldn't be shooting and right. his hands and his wrists are brilliant but he had a lot of work to do when he came onto that ball last night like last few seconds his touch is exceptional Willie. and he got that ball up and he still had like at an awkward angle but the shot he took was dead like low and hard he always tell forwards low and hard it's always the percentage shot, you know, and uh, it was a f- fantastic goal. But and it was, was it blown up tip. from the puck out from that? No, it, it was a few seconds played after. Right. But it was like it was four minutes Cork at the time, the and, that, yeah. and that was yeah. So it was like thirty seconds left after. Jesus, and it's hard. <laughs> no, it was sick for Cork. It's hard to Cork know. Were very yeah. good. They were and, very good. And the, the Cork lost the All Ireland final. They were raging hot favourites, I know, for the All Ireland final last year after hammering Tip in the Munster. Were the favourites last night, Brian, or slight favourites? I think reading about it. Slight, I, I think yeah. But it was. Just, I, I actually watched it from the start. Finish as well, and so it was. It was seesaw. Cork looking to want to blow a tip away early yeah. on. You know, it went five six points up, and then somehow by half time, tip got a you know fortuitous of goal. Well, it was great work by the by the, the guy that came on, and, and he went around two or three players and flicked into net, but um, it kind of changed the dynamic of the game. And after that, then it was just you know to and fro. But look, a point on Jake Morris. I think I think the, it opens up a much wider debate, which I think is the great thing about like Jake never got barely got a puck at for 60 odd yeah. minutes like yeah. Ger Mellorick did a massive man marking job on him no matter where Jake went Ger Mellorick went with him noticeably he was also a left handed hurler because usually obviously lefties we've talked about this a few times they can be very dominant in the air very tricky for a, a traditional you know right handed hurler um, where Cork put another left handed hurler so Jake had, wasn't able to win that high ball was really struggling Ger Mellorick had, seemed to have the pace on him as well but Liam Cal, as manager to his testament, and this is the point I'm trying to make, he stuck with him. He, you know, Jake didn't seem to be looking over to the sideline to see was he going to be whipped. Um, just stayed at it, stayed at it, left his best player on the field. And eventually, with that confidence in, in the young fella himself, the confidence he was getting from his manager, you know, the right ball fell to the right man at the right time. So it just like it just shows up and down the country. We've seen this time and time again. You know, there, there's many a times we've seen lads getting roasted and, and might pop up to win score I remember John Milan doing it actually um, against Galway in championship looked like Galway were going to tip 
pick uh, Waterford apart and Milan just got first poke of the ball nearly in, in the 62nd minute popped it over the bar and Turles as well actually so it's a it, it's very important whereas on the other side of it Cork actually whipped Robert Downey their main senior hurler as well um, Downey started wing back ended up going to wing forward went into full forward got whipped um, I know he wasn't playing well don't get me wrong but yeah. maybe if they, they had stuck him a little bit more around the half back line or even midfield you know where he's been used to hurling all year I know he played underage he played full forward because he's massive he's about 6 foot 6 or 6 foot 7 the guy but if they had showed a little bit more kind of um, you know, confidence in him and in the positions he was playing, he could have been the difference in the end for Cork. Brian's yeah. fighting the good fight for the corner forwards. Will he be with that? No, I I do take his point. Like I've yeah. often been playing for Port Leash and knowing I'm not playing yeah. well, but also knowing I'm not getting taken yeah. off here, and I can yeah. I'm not under that pressure that if that this was a Leash game, I'd be I'd be gone off the field Absolutely here. Yeah. And it was, it was actually very funny just on that point. Uh, the last Masters or two mas- Masters games ago, we're playing Mayo. And again, I wasn't in the game a huge amount and, you know, there was about 10 minutes to go and I was getting taken off. Now, you can r- rotate subs there, yeah. but it was 10 minutes to go. I wasn't being rotated. I was getting the, yeah. I was getting brought up. And as I was running off, Greg Ramsbottom said to me, uh, he says, here, my hammer's uh, tightening up here. I'll go off. And I went, OK, Grand. I went back in, moved myself into full forward and scored two points to win it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a weird it. one. It's definitely a weird one. About and, and the ref last night, really, just to say, he was brilliant. Like, oh, like, yeah. like Brian, Brian probably agreed with me. Like there was little little niggles, and he just left play go for both sides, and it was a real free flowing game. And, and we wouldn't see that in senior in the county championship because he'd blow every single free, you know. And it was great to see because just like as a supporter watching it, the game flowed so well. Like it was a really great game yeah. of hurling, and, and he could have pulled up a lot of little little things, and he didn't. So I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for the, yeah so for such a, a good game Actually, last night. Yeah. O- on that Dar- Derek Connery the, he was playing midfield number 12 and he's back last night for Cork he buried himself and Jake Morris came together at one stage and he he, he gave Jake a little dunt into the stomach and Jake went down actually because right for the referee mm. he did get a nice little bit of a clip referee just went over him get up <laughs> you know like <laughs> the, the physio would come in and all the physio just went over and look at Jake and Jake was like okay I kind of actually have to get up here and get on with it <laughs> so uh, yeah it, look that's what we've been calling for for you know, I've been definitely calling for it on this show for a long time. You know, little taps like that. They're not, they're not, you're not breaking a hurl off a lad, so get on yeah. with it, really. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Cop on and fair. And like, it's a weird one. Cork probably needed that win last night more than yeah. Tipperary probably did, like after them winning the, the whole thing out last year. I was reading a, a, a quote from Jake Morris during the week, and he was talking about balancing the under 20s with the seniors. And he says, We're not overtrained, we're kept fresh. It's down to, to management, really. This year, with strength and conditioning and the training we're doing, I suppose you'd be, you'd be more ready for it. Um, last year, it was all fresh to me. I enjoyed it, and I'm enjoying this year even more. Just uh, thought that was an interesting one. This year, with strength and conditioning and the training we're doing, I suppose you're, you'd be more ready for it. And that wouldn't be an issue in Dublin, because I presume Brian Cullen oversees strength and conditioning right down through the, yeah. the ranks. So the under-21s wouldn't be coming into the seniors going, oh, well, here's a bench <coughs> press, or here's a... Yeah. So I was interested in, with a, a progressive, strong county like Tipperary, that they wouldn't have that strength and conditioning centralised. I'm just taking it from that, that they don't, Michael. No, it sounds like that, Willie. Like, and I don't know, like, from my setups over the last few years, the senior manager has a huge say on what goes on at minor and 21 or under-20s now. And it has to be like that, Willie, because there has to be that co- continuity between all... You can't have minors doing one thing and pulling against what the senior level no. lads are going at because it doesn't work that way. And I think like the likes of Brian Cullen running the whole thing in Dublin, it, it works so well because everyone knows where you're at and what you should be doing. And I'm, I'm surprised to hear such a big county like Tip weren't doing that over the years. But well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, Especially with Jake and the young talent, like at least 
it gets you ready for what's going on in senior hurling. And, and you're, if you're doing the same thing, then that's one aspect you don't have to worry about in a few years' time. Well, that's you know? a, yeah, but that's the thing. And like we're not saying that even every county can't afford a Brian Cullen yeah, for starters. Absolutely. Now, some can, um, most can't. But like, I mean, minors doing strength and conditioning, Brian, and they're doing muscle building while the senior strength and conditioning uh, coach likes power training, for example, and doesn't like muscle oh. training. And it moved on. Strength and conditioning, from my limited knowledge now, has moved on from when I started doing it in 07 from trying to get big arms yeah. and big legs. It's not that anymore. It's all power based. So <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, doesn't it make so much sense to have the one fella doing all teams? Yeah, no, it certainly does, and there needs to be a coherent program there, and it need it needs to be built up from quite a young age, and and that those figures are there as the player progresses. I think that the minute you hit, hit the the development squads, those numbers need to be there. I think the same for any sorts of hurling tests as well, so that they're able to monitor their players. So the the transition from every age group, be it from fourteens to sixteens or or minor or whatever. Um, that it's, it's all coherent and that the manager's not just f- taking the first couple of months to figure out what type of player he has in front of him. Um, I, I look, I think some of the wider point in that is maybe he is adapting to the fact that he's juggling so many things as a young man because obviously he would have started college last year. He would have had um, his colleges hurling. He would have had playing under 20s, well under 21 for tip last year, playing senior on the senior panel, obviously playing club and all that. So I was trying to manage that that maybe as much as anything um, like I know personally I hated and I know this is wrong but I'm being very honest here I hated playing under 21 it was just a killer like we you know you'd be training what four nights a week with with awfully trying to get in a night or two weights and on top of that and then thrown in um, along with that would have been the odd night and under 21 training an under 21 practice match some of the under 21 managers I don't think they ever spoke to the senior manager there seemed to be complete disharmony there I know it's a different time um, you know it's 15 years ago but it just seemed to be it was a horrible time and you know I think that's what he's talking about that there seems to be much more coherent there a coherent program for him as a player so that he actually enjoys it and as he said like listen to the words he said that he said that he was fresh because um, yeah. that's a big thing I always found that it was just a huge drain um, having to go on what should be your night off having to go to another train session I yeah. don't care what age you are it's tough it's a, it's a weird one in Leach because we had been coming up through the underage ranks and we were really good our focus was under 21 so the senior mm. manager didn't get us he okay. was, it was the other way around the senior manager got us when the odd time so I remember when I got picked for my first ever uh, start with Leash Seniors I was really worried would I get on the team because I hadn't given him any commitment okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean I've been with you yeah, yeah for sure that's so the focus I, I was, was in six year Woolly when I went when I joined the Dublin Senior Hurlers so like I had a lot going on I was like 21 senior and six. I was in six year doing my leaving cert but I remember rock, I'd never been to a gym in my life just I loved hurling that was it like never and we rocked up to my first gym session with Dublin and onto the bench and I was there grand this is going to be grand <laughs> lived at the bench of course down I had no, no clips on either side the weights fell off one side then they fell off the other I'm left with the bear like a flanker I was just there going oh the ground swallowed me up you know but there was no such thing as it was just 
go under a bench press and bench. Like, yeah. you know, there was no like strength and conditioning as such then. So it's come on so much over the past 15 years. I know, it definitely <laughs> has. I went down in Tralee with uh, Jim McGuinness doing weights. I'd never done them before. This was in 98. He was doing them. He was into them. And I remember doing so many bicep curls. <laughs> I swear, the next day my arms were bent. I couldn't push. When I, pu- when I pushed my arms down straight, they, bou- they bounced back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was wondering, when's this going to oh, stop? Or what? Anyways, you're so pure naive back in the... In <laughs> yeah. In those days, uh, but let's stick to the hurling here yeah, guys, sorry, quickly. Sorry. We get we get back into it. The, I want to talk about this, and we talk about this every year. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. And this is the Munster champions' uh, record when they win Munster mm. in the Ireland semi final. So, of the fourteen occasions since '02 where the Munster champions have advanced directly into an Ireland semi final, you know there used to be quarterfinals for a few years. They have won just four times, four out yeah. of fourteen. Right, so there used to be a five week layoff. Now there's a four. Uh, Jimmy Barry Murphy said. He said, this was after 14, he says, if we're ever in that position again, I would use the time far differently. We had too much time together. We were doing the same thing over and over again. The players would have been far better off going back to their clubs for two weeks. And you look at the Kilke- Kilkenny's record of the 15 Ireland semi-finals, Kilkenny won um, the first 18, in the first 18 seasons under Brian Cody. 11 were secured after at least a four or five uh, week layoff. Number one, Brian Cody let them back to the clubs. Yeah. Number two, I suppose it's an important to point out that Kilkenny won it every year yeah. so they could get their, their their kind of schedule right where Munster was shared around a bit more so yeah. they, they, it's new to them nearly all the time, Michael. Uh, yeah, and plus Woody, that's the, probably the greatest hurling team that's ever played. You have to take that into account as well with Kilkenny. So, like, I don't know, I wouldn't, look too, I wouldn't look too deeply into it. As you say, it's very hard. When you get that five-week break, we struggled with Dublin waiting for the All-Ireland semi-final that time. Just managing your time properly. Like yeah. just, like, if you haven't been there before, it's a difficult thing to do. And it, as you say, Ryan Cody is a huge advocate of sending players back to clubs and, and they're used to it with Kenny. They know how to spend that time. And Again, I wouldn't look too too deeply into it because that's such a good Kenny team. It doesn't really matter what you did over the five weeks. They were gonna beat, it's a bit of an beat, outlier, beat, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. going to beat most, most teams anyway, but... Like, it's interesting to hear Jim Barry Murphy say that like and how to manage it and teams might learn from it but again I, unless you're there all the time it's very very difficult time to, to think to manage yeah you know, no it definitely is and it's four weeks now with the last time Limerick won Munster was in 2013 and they were hammered by Clare in the semi-final I don't know this is completely different Brian <clears throat> I, I don't think Limerick will be unduly worried about that layoff or, or no I don't think so and I look back then we we had totally different Limerick you know in terms of mentality um, and their approach to the game so John Kiley's very astute obviously he'll manage that really well and it does look there's a bit of excuse there as well being thrown out there sometimes by the Munster Brigade about you know how hard Munster has been and um, you know it was difficult then with the with the layoff I, 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 I accept Michael's point that this Kilkenny team were the greatest of all time but what Brian Cody did was very, very simple. He, look, he let them back to the clubs. He relinquished some control, which is sometimes the, the greatest sign of a manager. You know, it's one of his greatest strengths that he doesn't want complete control of his players. And trust that when they get in there, then, you know, whatever, their two or three win, two or three week uh, window of actually approaching the Allerton semi-final, that, you know, it's helter-skelter then from there on in. Yeah. So, like other teams why couldn't they learn from what Cody was doing it's not like you know the Hurlem world is a very small area it's very, it's very easy to see what Kilkenny were at um, you know even from the outside without even making any inquiries like a phone call or two and you'll definitely know exactly what they were at because um, in fairness Kilkenny did an open door policy at the time as well so um, it, it wasn't or, or recent rocket science I think Kylie will have managed that really well and as well you have to listen to the message 
that comes from the top as well. I think that's really important. I think that that sometimes can um, not get enough credit. The manager dictates this. Um, you know, the message, key message he's getting out to his players uh, can can really affect both in a positive and negative way um, how to deal with that four to five weeks. So, look, I think I don't think it'll affect Limerick one bit. I, I think uh, if they're beaten on, on Sunday, which will be a tall ask, Michael Kenny, it certainly won't be anything else to do with the four weeks. And they, of all people, won't blame the four weeks. It's trust, Brian, you're right, because most managers don't trust their players to go back and train at an intensity of the same intensity with inter-county as their clubs. And then it depends on how many club players are playing at senior level, some are intermediate, some are junior. They mightn't train too often at all. And yeah. It's a huge thing. But I think if you go back to your club, you get that release. Like it's, it's not as tough, both mentally and physically. And you come back to the senior scene fresher. Will you? I think it's a win-win for, for the I majority for, of teams. I think for you know? four weeks, yeah. Mentally, one week and have a three-week build-up. Because A Absolutely. versus B's, four weeks of that is a long time, isn't it? And uh, then yeah. keeping training fresh. And that fresh as well. All, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then, like I mean, with the Limerick, intensity of the A versus B's you've won bad game and you could be t- worried about your position and there's a huge I'm sure that four weeks mentally is difficult for them uh, Brian Yeah no definitely and look again look, go back to this trust issue and, and how a manager actually approaches it and I'll use a different example here um, Ballyhale with Henry Shefflin last year and shows what Henry obviously learnt off Cody so Ballyhale won the, won the uh, county final in Kilkenny they were playing Navena and Wexford but in between was that wild geese tournament um, down in Australia. And obviously, Kilkenny were invited down to it. It was three or four of the Kilkenny hurlers um, supposed to go to it. Like, most managers in the country would have freaked in that situation. They would have said, no way you are going to Australia yeah. leading up to a, to a Leinster semi-final. Shefflin, because I spoke to some of the Ballyhill players, Shefflin told them, go away, lads, take your rest, enjoy it, you're going to come back. Like, the message he was saying, you'll come back fresh as a daisy. Now, the boys didn't even hurl down there. They, they, you know, they didn't even tug out down in Australia. They went, they more or less had a bit of a holiday, obviously had their few beers at appropriate time, you know, relaxed, turn around, and then murder Nevena in the semi-final. Colin Fenley goes to town. You know, he scores three or four goals in that Leinster semi-final. And they kick their season on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they, they stuttered through Kilkenny almost at times. So it's amazing too, that element of trust from your manager. And as I said, Shefflin didn't lick that off the ground in terms of he's, he's you know, been open to Cody for so long. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Colin Bonner has been quoted this week, lads, and he's talking about... Um, uh, Tipperary Wexford and he says it's a huge challenge for the Tipperary players to close down the runners and bring it into a real battle that's what Wexford had, had to learn to do because Kilkenny are the masters at it Tip know now how Tip know how hard Kilkenny can play it and the intensity levels they bring and Wexford have to learn Wexford had to learn to do that too to survive in Leinster that is what you have to learn to do. I think that's the big difference between Munster hurling and Leinster hurling. Sometimes what lets down Munster hurling is the lack of a manic intensity. Now, Colin Bonner is a Tipperary man, yeah. so he's no bias. And we have a huge Leinster bias on this show, <laughs> which we need to be pulled up on. But I have to disagree with Colin Bonner there yeah. and say, Jesus, some of those Munster games. Like, I mean, maybe 10 years ago that was the case, Michael, but it's definitely not, not, not now. No, I, I nearly think he's speaking more of Tip than Munster in general there. Because right. It's been a t- like if you look at Tip, their back line is always questioned. And I think he's speaking more about that because there's been some massive, massive physicality games in, in, in Munster yeah. over the years. So I don't think you can look at that too too carefully. Like uh, Michael Ryan, again, go back to you. I did an interview this week and I read it. It was really interesting. He spoke about the biggest myth in hurling is the, the lack of speed in the tip back line. He said, he, from managing them and being involved in them for so long, he says it is the biggest myth. He said, 
the two things he, he thinks is to blame for it they're such an attacking team that when they push forward they forget sometimes they leave such a gap and leave that full back, re, full back line really vulnerable which is understandable like Tip like to play that attacking game yeah. but the second one was interesting to me he said when when we're focused in the back line and our work rate and and uh, our, our tenacity is up no forward lines get the better of so that's questioning their work rate in the games over the last two years and I'm surprised because like they're such a good back line and there's leaders in that fo- in, the, in in that back line like the likes of Demars and Brendan Maher they, I'm surprised that would allow it be happen you know so I, I, I can't see Liam Sheedy allowing that happen because he's, he's that motivator and that motivational type but like, it was interesting to hear that it's not a lack of pace he said during training they could catch anybody no matter how fast the forwards were and there, and there is some really fast forwards in the tip line so it's, I found that really interesting just that he's putting it down to focus and work rate yeah. rather than there is a lack of pace because everyone, everyone always speaks of a lack of pace in that tip back line they do and he said it's not a problem so yeah I think the two the two Mars aren't blessed with huge pace no. maybe that's maybe that's it and plus like I do accept your point like I mean Barcelona are t- you're told they're terrible defenders but like I mean they're just left so exposed yeah. that they look terrible so that's the philosophy tip tip focus more on probably forward play I would imagine yeah than, so I, when, when you listen to Bonner's comments I just presi- I think that that's he's speaking more of a tip thing than a the Munster thing because there's been some ding dong battles in Munster yeah see. no that's true Brian would you agree with that I know you like to blow the Leinster trumpet but surely we're not we're not claiming intensity over Munster as well mm, no um, no I know I, I, I no, I know he's a Tipperary man, and obviously he's seen it firsthand. I look, I suppose what the point probably he's making is a much broader thing. I think the game has probably changed a bit. Like Tipperary, very flamboyant, as we said, or very much forward based. Cork, obviously, the exact same thing. The one thing you always say about when you play Cork is they'll let you hurl. Um, you know, even 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 though they hammered Westmead a couple of weeks ago, they still let Westmead do a lot of hurling and still put up twenty points against them. Um, you know, Claire, something similar to where their forward line is at the moment. You know, the they can be very nice hurlers. Waterford obviously going. So I, I kind of kind of get what he's saying, but I don't think I don't think that's a, an overall um reflection. I don't I don't think he's completely on the money there either. Um I think in fairness, I think every team is looking for massive intensity. Yeah. I think the masters of it down to the years obviously were Kilkenny. They just brought it day in, day out, um, no matter who they played against. Um, and that's what Cody even stayed they stayed competitive for the last couple of years even when they didn't have their best team out there because they had that massive massive work rate and intensity um, and Wexford have obviously brought it up a level at the moment um, they're actually arguably outworking anyone at the moment yeah no definitely mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, just to finish up lads you mentioned uh, Westmead the news breaking this morning is Joe Quaid has been sacked as Westmead manager, which I find absolutely incredible. The Independent are, are breaking this, yeah. So he hasn't walked away. I got that. That's definitely confirmed that he hasn't stepped down. So he's losing his job because he's been axed. So he played in three competitions this year. He won two and got to the final of a third and lost to, a, lost to a good leash team. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the Independent saying Westmead G8 will tonight confirm the departure of Joe Quaid after just one year in charge. Um... So they lost to Leash. Oh yeah, Westmead GA officials are due to meet tonight to confirm the departure of Limerick's uh, 94-96 goalkeeper. It's not yet clear what level of support the executive's decision has among players, but it is understood that they were fully aware it was happening. 
which I find is a, is a funny mm. line. So I was talking to someone involved with Westmead who had talked to some players and they didn't know it was happening. So okay. I don't know that all the players know it was happening or what's going on. How, uh, look, lads, we don't know what's going on, but looking from the outside, you'd say Joe Quaid's doing fine there and yeah. he's won two and lost to a good leash team. I would completely discount the Cork game. That's very unfair yeah. what they were asked to do. And it's just, it looks like a very strange decision. To joke, Willie. As you said, we don't know the goings on of the dressing room where they're troubled there and they're keeping quiet about it but like if, if the players weren't aware of it I think it's a joke of a decision because he's done really really well and you see how good Leash went on to beat Dublin they're a really good side so like it's understandable they're gonna, they lost that final you know and uh, I think it's a joke of a decision yeah. if, if there's no trouble in the camp it's definitely a joke of a decision because what did they expect you I know, don't know what he's done it, really yeah. really well with them and I don't know what 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 did he expect of the next manager? You know, he has to win. Like, the, he has to win yeah, the Joe McDonough yeah. Cup and Honestly, the All Ireland. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, he's so. getting like Real Madrid, uh, Brian, where you can win the Champions League and still get sacked. Yeah, look, crazy. They lost three games. Okay, they hammered Offaly in their first game. Um, really impressive. Now I know Offaly were terrible, but still hugely impressive. Had to still let go do it. They took the right off the ball against Kerry mm. in their next game, and they got beaten in that. I think that one of all the defeats. I think that would be probably one of the sorest defeats. They then went up to Antrim and they had a massive win up there. You know, it was on the line. It was, you know, man, the boat managers at the time called it, you know, it was essentially a semi-final. The winner went through and, you know, they were so impressive beating Antrim up in Dunlai, like, and beat them comprehensively as well. Like, the, you can't underestimate how big that win is, you know, for those, any, any hurling county, I don't care who they are, going up to Antrim and beating them up there and especially beating them comprehensively, that's just not done. Um, Leash obviously wore the best team in the Joe McDonough by a mile. Um, and they showed that in the, in the Joe McDonough final. And then, you know, when they were playing Cork, you know, I spoke to Joe actually before the game. I know Joe reasonably well. And, you know, he said there was, you know, he obviously wanted to go with a sweeper, um, wanted to clog the middle third, kind of set up similar enough to the way Wexford were setting up, you know, maybe at long periods only leave one inside. He says... The, you know that there seemed to be a little bit of a kickback that you know the players and the management didn't really want it and uh, you know they went out in the first half to conceded 124 or sorry to conceded 24 points in the first half doing that they actually whatever must have happened at half time they reverted back to your traditional 15 on 15 in the second half and still you know Cork put 116 up in them like I don't know what was going to happen I don't know what expectation the players, the management, the county board had from that game, um, you know, Cork were always going to blow them out of the water. So, you know, I just find that really strange, really bizarre. But I suppose trying to read between the lines, there must have been more going on there. If certain players are aware of it and certain other players aren't, then that to me speaks and that there are certain players being being acting or moving in, in, in the in, in the kind of in behind the scenes. Yeah, no, exactly. We'll find out more today. I think Westmead are due to release a statement and then I think we're going to hear something from Joe Quaid then on the back of that. So we'll hear more today, but obviously this podcast will be gone out by the time we hear that. Right, mm. Les, we'll leave it there and we'll come back and talk about Limerick Kilkenny. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't what, let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. Yeah. 
so what a difference a year makes, lads. This time last year, Limerick were kind of uh, young guns, yeah. unproven. Kilkenny were the monkey on their back. They couldn't beat them. Yeah. Um, ended up beating them in a classic game. Won the All-Ireland, won the league, won the Munster. And now Kilkenny are going to play them where the roles are almost reversed. <laughs> like with Kilkenny are definitely underdogs going into it. Um, they're um, two to one outsiders, actually, Kilkenny are, which is a very good price on Kilkenny. But like... Limerick how much they have come on and I think even beating Kilkenny was a huge part of that Michael yeah, yeah that, psychologically that was huge really because like trying to get over that, that barrier of beating Kilkenny is such a big big thing for teams and when they did that I think the belief was so, there in the camp and they could beat anybody and they'll have no fear coming into this weekend look I suppose me and Boogs got it wrong with Cork and Kilkenny last yeah a <laughs> last lot week. of people did yeah like, just Kilkenny were really impressive they didn't show any of the indecisiveness they showed the week prior there was no panic going into the game and when, when it was really important their big players stood up like the likes of Richie Hogan back to form like Tony bringing on Walter like uh, Kenny are strong but their back line was really impressive to me that, like that's a good good Cork forward line and they beat them out the gate the full back line struggled like Alan Cadigan and Hogan were brilliant throughout the game they got 3-14 from that full forward line I think that's where they're really really going to struggle against Limerick because they're playing arguably the best full forward line in, in Ireland at the moment like so how did they stop that if Cadigan Horgan could do such trouble between the two of them. Well that that's, that, the, that's gonna be a big question mark for the well, weekend. That is a big question mark yeah. because like <coughs> I mean Kilkenny looked to be falling into the cork trap where their half back line was marking their men and that's a Cody thing. Mark yeah. your man, look after it, leaving loads of space. Cork played that beautiful ball in that we're able to expose that. Limerick will absolutely yeah. do the same thing as that. Um so what do Kilkenny do here, Brian? Yeah, so it's gonna be a massive chess game then as well because you know, Kilkenny in against Wexford in the final, they followed them out the field. More or less, they left Park Walsh on his own. But apart from that, it was Hugh Lawler against Conor McDonald inside for mo- long periods of that game. So, by and large, Wexford dictated the tactical battle and Kilkenny tried to follow suit. Um, whereas I thought against Cork, after the initial um, opening up by Cork, that Kilkenny went back to type and went back to what they do best you know the half backlings sitting back in the pocket marking space midfielders half hour line all dropping out and, and you know negating that space for, from the Cork perspective up in their forward line so you know obviously that's what Limerick uh, are well set up to try and get around because their use of the short ball in that middle third area yeah. um, in particular is excellent and they don't spray long um, stupid ball essentially mm-hmm. just up the field um, they don't just hit it and hope they, they'll keep working that short ball until they get a runner or a shooter or till they get someone moving inside so in fairness to Limerick I think they're they're masters of everything at the moment so I just think it'll lead to a massive tactical battle and it comes back to me as well about the Limerick halfback line because we know they won't they won't really move to Kenny generally go route one with pokeouts no one's able to break down this uh, Limerick halfback line yet you know um, they're just so strong in the air but then Kilkenny loves to go route one so you know what's going to happen something has to give so far that Limerick halfback line hasn't given at all but um, I think we, we, we probably don't have as good a half hour line to win their own ball as we'll see with this Kilkenny half hour line either Well that's, that's, that's the thing you've covered a few points there The the obviously we can move on to the puckouts because I was picking a half-forward line of Walter Walsh, uh, TJ and Adrian Mullen. 
Like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with no. that uh, half forward line in or the air. Probably Richie Hogan Sorry. and Richie Hogan still, even though he's small, is excellent in the air. <laughs> yeah. Did Richie play in the corner the last day or did he play on the wing? A bit of both, I think it was board. really been honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. So even if it was Richie Hogan, that's the thing. So it's a like, really I mean, good half forward line. And is is the whole idea is to hammer the hammer? Is that what they say, Michael? Exactly. Yeah. I I would worry. Like that's that's a, that's a like if if he, if they do play that four half forward line with Richie Hogan there instead of Adrian Mullen. They're excellent in the, air, in the air. Like I've marked every one of them, and they're so hard to stop catching balls. And I, I would go that route because Kenny don't hit short balls. They don't hit short workouts. So if, if you're gonna, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like put your strongest half forward line on their on their back line and just win that battle one on one. And they have to win it. <laughs> like if they don't win it, they they lose the game. So yeah. like if if you don't do it, they won't get that ball into the full forward line. Like and that, that's just the, the nature of it. So I do it. It's gonna be it would be some battle. Will it be great to watch? Yeah. And I don't know who would come out on top. Like Walter hasn't been a hundred percent fit either. Richie Hogan, but it's typically Kenny. They come into form and they need to. You know, in big games, all the big players stand up. Like Richie Hogan the last day, or Richie uh, T J Reid was marked out of it again. Smashing on the freeze, didn't miss any, but 11 Kilkenny lads stood up against Cork and scored from play, That apart from TJ, which is huge. And Kilkenny haven't been doing that. When TJ hasn't been on form, they've really struggled. So that, that's a huge plus to take from the Cork game. So if they can take that into this game now, they have a fighting chance. I don't think they'll win, but they have a fighting chance. Right. TJ's going can to I enjoy... Just, sorry, yeah. Go on. Can I just make the point that obviously TJ was man-marked again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, Mellis, Mark Ellis obviously tried to sit back into the pocket, but that's not what Limerick do. So no, it'll be interesting no. to see what happens there. You because... Know, if it, it, that's where I'm saying it's a game of chess, so TJ plays on at, at, at central forward, Declan Hannon definitely not going to pick him up. He likes to sit in the pocket, so it's interesting. So I think look, what one of Cody's strengths has been down to the years. He'll pick his forward line how he sees he'll you know really get at that Limerick um, back line. So it's not just a case of look, this is just the way we line up and that's the way we're going to do it all the time. Yeah. He'll pick horses for courses, so he'll try and see where the where the weakness is. Um, and I think, look, they'll, they'll try and go back and beat Kilkenny again because I don't think they were Kilkenny against Wexford and Alistair final. No, but I think obviously with, with all that, bearing all that in mind, that Hannon won't follow TJ, they'd be, he'd be off his head not to play TJ at 11 then and everything yeah, to go exactly. to oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. there's no two ways about that, whatever. And, and you're right, Limerick won't man-mark no? man TJ like Wexford and Cork did. No, Limerick don't, John Coy doesn't seem to... F- like put his team around other teams will he puts Limerick out to beat the team no matter who he's playing and they sort of play the same format Declan Hannon is a smashing hurler and he will sit back into the hole and defend his, cover his full back line uh, look they, the, the half backs half forwards off Limerick pull back so there isn't going to be that much space they do pull back and so does the midfield and they will cover across TJ because they know TJ's going to be the main man but I think he's definitely going to be a lot more influential than we've seen him for the last two games because I can't be mad not to try and find them all the time. Like I would definitely, if I was taking the puck outs, I think all Murphy should be aiming for just over that midfield and dropping that ball just short of the half back line. Yeah, so that that's definitely the weakness, this, the chink in the armor for this Limerick. Yeah, team. but that's the, that's the thing though, Brian. And even on those puck outs, we know what Limerick do, so they all drop half a line. <coughs> so you look yeah. up, they look up, and the Limerick half forward line is maybe five yards on the other side of yeah. their men and they're waiting for the ball to land to midfield or the other half-back line to get breaks. Or they go they, they go, Yeah, but they're goading them maybe to go to the half-back line, yeah. but Kilkenny won't do no. that. So here's the point I'm making is wh- when you're going zonal, you're not being marked, right? So what's the Kilkenny half-back line to do? Just stay available for a short puck out and let them get five or six, seven yards on them to the breaking area 
or do they go with them to the breaking area? They get they get the point I'm trying to make. Like Limerick always yeah, no, seem I to do. have. Like I think. But then, yeah, it depends on. who Kenny actually playing the half because maybe they will throw a curve ball because if they I don't know about Killian Buckley yet obviously the team's not announced yet but if they have Park Walsh and Killian Buckley they're two half-backs they won't mind going to them um, you I'd know they'll have an awful lot more confidence I'd say yeah no I, I, no I agree with what you're saying push after him and I remember we had a very astute manager a couple of years ago and we did, we did it ourselves and it was like very much you know go after him attack them up the field hurt them up the field but you know, I think that's what they were kind of doing against Wexford and then they weren't winning the breaking wall and that's nice. where they left massive holes at the back. So it's, look, game of chess, they keep saying. Just to go back to the centre-forward situation, and I do think they'll play TJ there this time, but last year they played Richie Hogan there and it was Richie's, look, he barely featured since that time last year and he actually did damage on Declan Hand in that game as well. He got nice. a goal, I think, two or three points and he actually missed a couple of chances. So there's lots of hurling to be done from that centre-forward position. Um, but Declan Hannon obviously still has the ability to hit a whirl the ball, get up the field, get a point or two. So he still hurts you. So I think, you know, John Kiley knows that, the players know that, that at times that centre forward is going to do damage. But um, they look at the greater good of uh, they're not creating goal scoring opportunities by Declan Hannon sitting in that pocket either. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Brendan Bugler was on the show here recently. I don't know if it was the one you were on with him, Michael, or another one. But he dismissed the notion ever of your half back line following and leaving yeah. your full back line <laughs> open. Like he dismissed it. And then I was wondering against Limerick, though, is it the smartest thing to do? Because listen, if you drop off Limerick, we know, like they're Brian clear. says, they're going to do a few short passes until they get it to the spare man yeah. and then they'll bypass you with a diagonal ball if you're yeah. a cover man, right? So you're not really benefiting your team. Is it more beneficial to push up on them all over the field, have your intensity levels as only Kilkenny can do at the level where there's no Limerick man getting enough time on the ball to give in a good ball? That it's longer, more hopeful balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe giving the full back line a bit of help that way. Like, it is a difficult answer to answer, you know? Oh. Like, I thought it was just interesting that Bugs just dismissed the notion <laughs> that you would leave your full back line. Dismissed it, you but know? See, like, as a half back line, Willie, the first thing to tell you is to protect your full back line. That's because it's goals. They'll get goals all day. Against Limerick, it's different. I, I'd have to agree with Bugs there. The only thing is, if you're doing the job and you're following him, you're half, you're half forward up, up the pitch. There's no point in being two yards behind him. Like you really have to commit to it and be under that breaking ball yourself. Nearly forget where he is because if if the likes of Kyle Hayes or Gerald Hegarty get the ball, they just kill you all day long. And if they get it in front of you, then you're forty or fifty yards in front of your full back line and they'll get murdered for the game. So yeah. it's a huge risk. But like the likes of Connor Fogarty, Killian Buckley, like Connor Fogarty was excellent the last day. If they push up, they can do damage to Limerick. And I just think if you're going up, you want to forget about your man and nearly just bypass him and be under that breaking ball because you have to fully commit to it. And if they don't, if you do it half arsed, you're not protecting your full back line or you're not stopping the half forward line. You're doing neither are you. You're yeah. doing neither yeah, You have to fully uh, commit uh, to one 100%. Two, yeah. And look, it's a huge risk, but I would do it because we've seen again and again the half forward line off Limerick set up so much for the, for the attack and you, you can't let them go. Yeah, you just can't because they'll be under every breaking ball and even if the half back line of Limerick win it they'll just tap it up 15 yards up to your man so it's a it's a real risk to leave him there so I, I'd follow him yeah. I would so it's, it's a gamble but it is a gamble the Wexford um, half backs do in fairness Paddy Foley or even when yeah. it was Dermot O'Keefe back there they fly up the field Sean Murphy at times they're gone as attackers it, like it's a nightmare for your, if you're a wing forward having to turn around I know it's a big part of football obviously but um, you know you turn around next to your wing backs and flying up the field it absolutely it kills you but there's another way I actually would try and counteract that I actually probably wouldn't hit the puck outs as far um, so you're talking about puckouts that are all probably hitting the far 45 um, 
which allows you know the the half back line to sit back, the midfielders drop back, the half forward line come to that middle field and go beyond where you can go as a as a half back. Mm. Um, whereas if you actually only hit them as far as the far sixty five, which traditionally they would have been probably going to max, it allows you as a half back to actually go there to go with your man the full way, and you're not gonna you're not gonna completely open up your your full back line then either. So maybe like hit the wings. Um, get more bodies around that space like if you if you go back actually um, 2013 to Clare and Cork and Dollar Ireland final um, that's exactly what Clare used to do they used to hit right out to the sideline just on the 65 even the corner forward remember Podge Collins I can vividly see Podge Collins coming in around from corner forward um, to come out and, and do that work as well so, so it just allows you to get more bodies around the ball while not completely opening up your back lane. Yeah, no, maybe that's it. Like, I mean, when you think about what Limerick want, Limerick, Tom Arcee drops, um, Grod Hegarty drops, um, and Kyle Hayes drops. Yeah. And do they want you to follow them or do they not? Because when they drop and they don't get followed, they get a lovely little short pass. Yeah. They'll give it to Keane Lynch. He'll give it back to them. Now suddenly the lads that have been holding the half forward line having to rush out to them to stop them. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Is it beneficial holding that half back line? I'm, I, to be honest, I can't make a decision on it. Thank no. God I'm not a hurling yeah. analyst because I don't yeah. really know what the against, answer is. Against Limerick Woolley, I wouldn't. I'd go with the half forward. They're too dangerous. I, I wouldn't with Kyle Hayes. I'd keep, I think you have to keep one fella defending your back line and that would be, say, Park Walter, Killian Buckley, whoever centre-back. Now they have to push up on Kyle Hayes for, for the majority of the game but for the puckouts if you've your two half forward, half backs going forward and your midfielders there there's a good chance it won't break the Kyle Hayes because there's going to be so many bodies in front of him there I'd keep whoever centre back back as that one man defending that line as best he can just for the puckouts yeah. and then you're pushing back up and Kyle Hayes after right. because you can't you can't bring everyone up because it breaks down your snookers and yeah, yeah. so I'd, I would keep a centre back there but the other two have to push up on them and be tight. That's on the 50-50 puckouts. Exactly. But exactly. in general play, general play you have to pull up players because they'll pick them all day long and it okay. does too much damage. But from the puckouts, I would keep your centre-back back. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that as a compromise. Will we all agree on that, Brian? Hmm, just about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only so we can move on, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We, get a, we get a consensus because uh, my brain has been tied in knots here talking about this. Um, what, what do you do with Keane Lynch, um, Brian? Do you say Conor Fogarty, James Marr, just I want you to man-mark him. Everything goes through him. He's the one that sets up these lovely little short passes. He dictates the, the flow of the game. I don't want to see him on the ball without you being on him like a light exactly. in other words sacrifice your game just to stop 100%. him 100% and sure John Kiley said it for ages that that's what they do with their midfield you know they put it's Willow Dunham this year um, it was Dara Donovan last year they will put their midfielder who they see as being their, the, the opposition's best ball player to man mark him and it leaves Keane Lynch to be that go between for both lines um, essentially the quarterback and, and trying to sort everything out um, and look I think that I think that's a no-brainer in Hurland I, I think that's traditionally been the way it has in Hurland for a long long time even in, in football I think you can imagine that you know you're always trying to negate one player more than the other and yeah. they can really hurt you so look whoever whoever can any decide that to be you know maybe maybe they'll both um, help each other and they'll have the same men lined up for each other anyway so um, 
you know, it, will it be James Marr then? You know, will it be Richie Leahy? It's hard to know. Or will, you know, to bring in a horses for courses, will they bring Buckley just to man mark in that situation to, to half or to midfield? So you just don't know. Because as I said, I think Cody's very good that way in picking horses for courses. Yeah, Cody was quoted saying everyone will want to impose their own game plan on the opposition, but that's not going to happen the whole time. And you've got to be able to deal with what they're throwing at you and at the same time try and play your own game. And it's funny when you hear Brian Cody, yeah. he just breaks everything down to most simplest form. And you wonder, is he... Uh, kind of bluffing you or is he actually being honest I'm more of the line that I think he's being honest that Absolutely. he gives a lot of the, the the responsibility to his players to play what they see in front of them so if Tom Morrissey's getting on too much ball well then I'll follow him you know what I mean to play what's and there's a huge benefit in that as well is that obviously we, we hear criticism of players being married to systems and Kilkenny players aren't No, Do you I, know what I mean they're not they're going out to hurl and enough players have enough brains to know right well I was told to sit back but my man's doing damage I'm pushing up on him without really being told to. you know yeah, what I mean you, you do get a sense of that Willie. Like games evolve so much and Again, it comes down to trust. And Brian Cody just seems to trust his players during the game. You game and Like, if your player's pushing up and he's not doing much and you're dropping back and picking up ball, great. And if he starts getting ball, push up. And yeah, Kenny players just seem to have the free reign, obviously to a limit, to do what they want in games if they see uh, how they see fit. And, like, as a player, it's something you'd love to it's do. It's empowering, like, yeah. It is empowering. And you can see the freedom and how they play. And they make decisions for themselves and it's, I think it's obvious for everyone to see so I don't think that's a bluff call from Cody at all it's something that every player would love to have and again going back to the Keane Lynch point he's so hard to mark Willie really, man mark I think like of all the players you see Tony Gleeson Tony Kelly Austin Gleeson he's the most difficult to man mark I think because he's so, his timing is so good coming around to a breaking ball and, and Limerick's work rate where they get 10 fellas around the ball working hard he just slips out of that so well and he always seems to be at the end and even if he's surrounded by players he's so good in that tight situation of pick up, picking up a ball he's definitely the most difficult I think of all the players to man mark and it's why you see him so involved in games like he might be out of a game for 10-15 minutes but he's never out of a game for 70 minutes you know he's, yeah. he's always involved in big plays I think that's the reason he's so good around tight spaces yeah no and he can you win know. his own he can win his own ball as well which is good how do you yeah. see how do you see the matchups going Brian just to finish up Paul Murphy on Peter Casey Hugh Lawler on Galan do you think that's that's who'll be picking up obviously Hannon oh, will be on yeah it's hard to call being honest because might put Paul Murphy on, on Graham Mulcahy either oh, um, yeah you know, you'd be worried. I, I that's the one fear I'd have would be Kenny's full back line. How they will actually mm. go on this Limerick full forward line as well. So it's it's a tough one. You know, will will Park Walsh actually play in the full back line either? You know, I know they put him back there for Cadigan as well. So it's it's I I think it's the one area if I was a Kenny person that I'd have my most fear around because as I said numerous times before, Limerick are are the masters of getting one player in particular into unbelievable positions and, and just keep pounding the ball with to them and, and you know they're really hurting them um, so you know the, the of the three lads that are inside there will always be two inside and they're creating great space so I don't know Paul Murphy seems to struggle when there's huge amount of space you know would he would he be better off following whoever it is going out the field on that particular day so I don't know. It's 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 a hard one to call. Just to go back on the on the man mark from Keen Lynch. Just a point I want to make on that. I think one of the reasons Keen Lynch is so hard to man mark is the fact that he's not worried about scoring. You know, you mentioned Tony Kelly. You mentioned Oz Leeson. Their game is built around putting up four, five, six points, um, and they're not happy if they're not. Um, and the crowd isn't happy if they're not as well. Whereas Keen Lynch's game is built around actually 
you know, for the greater good of the team, he will pop up invariably with the odd point or two or even a goal. But generally, it's about you know create, creating space, getting good balls to people around him. Um, so that's why sometimes can be so hard to man mark. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like he's not dangerous enough on the scoreboard to be man marked. Yeah, yeah, that, he's, yeah. He's, he's exactly. interlinked yeah. play. Like if, yeah. if he gives a, yeah. a, a smashing back pass behind his head or a pick up, the crowd. His cheers crazy for that like so that like he's right Brian's right there he doesn't have to get a score to get the crowd behind him but he's just so influential like with his passes will he like uh, it's understandable he has to be man marked but it's just very difficult to do it like yeah. he's so good in, in all areas yeah. I think the full back line might, you might see Paul Murphy Park Walsh and Deegan I think you might push you all out the pitch because that's your most experienced man and the best players can he have in their back line. I wouldn't be surprised to see the back that back line. Right, and maybe you know. Hugh Lawler at centre back. Yeah, <coughs> exactly. He's young, he's fit, and yeah. he might just push out on him. And that might that might happen. Yeah, you know, Deegan so. might mark Aaron Gillan in that situation exactly, as yeah. well because he's done it. He's done it before as well, and he's strong in the air, so he he'll suit him body shape wise as well. You yeah. know, to be well matched. Um, so you could see something like that. So look, that's what I'm saying. Cody, I think very hard to second guess what he'll do because he will he will handpick them. So that it won't be just they'll go out and, and, and hurl their positions. Yeah, no, exactly right, lads. We we'll leave it there. We'll come back with Paddy Power predictions. And the yeah. game takes on can very very often then take on a life of its own. What's tactics? I mean, you got to make decisions and you got to decide what you're going to do. And at the end of the day, you hand it over to the players and the players play. You know. The game was fast, was furious, was, it had everything really, you know, and you, you, you don't have too much influence on what's happening. What happened last year, it goes out the window or the year before or whenever it was. Tipperary, don't go away. The air is the air. And the yeah. game takes on, can very, very often then take on a life of its own. So we'll start quickly with Limerick uh, and Kilkenny lads. Limerick are eight to fifteen favourites. Kilkenny are two to one, and the handicap here is minus three. If you're that way inclined, uh, Michael, I'll start with you quickly. Uh, I got it wrong last week. I, I think I'm going to go Limerick. Only. I think I think they've just been so strong all year, and I, the, the places where Kilkenny were troubled against Cork and their full back line, I think arguably. Limerick have a stronger full forward line so it's going to cause more trouble I think so I'd have to go Limerick Just a straight win you're not interested in the minus three? Uh, no I, I think there'll be two points in it Right yeah. okay what about you Brian? Um, some similar uh, I, I, I'll go with Limerick as well I think they are the team to beat in this championship um, I was concerned earlier in the year about this like to and fro in terms of their, their, their playing well in one game not in the next game but they've settled down now they're playing their well, what we all know as their, their best 15 um, I just think they'll have too much for Kenny I think Kenny obviously were very impressive against Cork but I just think they're, they're tactically they're gone to a, a new level that Kenny um, are not able to cope with um, so I, I think I think Limerick will do this um, if anyone's capable of 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 um, putting a score on Kilkenny I think it's Limerick but uh, you know we saw that in the league earlier this year but I think Kilkenny will have learned a good bit from that but um, I still think Limerick will probably do it by about 
five to six points, I think. Right, okay. Limerick minus three. I would be slightly favouring the Limerick minus three myself, but we could all end up with eggs on our faces yeah. with Kilkenny. We know what they're like. Wexford. You see, this is it. Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm going <laughs> against know, Kilkenny. Know, like, look, it, it's, it's unbelievable, man. Like, look, let's put this way. There'll be no one shocked if Kilkenny do win this. No, because well, that's just, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, it's more Limerick's brilliance than Kilkenny that you'd be edging towards them. Wexford exactly. Tipperary, lads, the betting's exactly the same. Wex Leinster County's not been given a chance in the no. bookies, and Leinster men here not given much of a chance either. Um, <laughs> it's not going to get any better. But no, no, I'm, I'm going for Wexford no, no. in this one. I'm going I'm, for Wexford too. Wex, yeah. Wexford are 8-15, yeah. to 15, Tipperary are 2-1. to one. So I had a very good quote from Colin Bonner. I want to read it out to you, lads. I'm going to town on Colin Bonner. Uh, he talks about Wexford's style of pace. He says, Bonner Mar's style is what Wexford are. Every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so Colin Bonner is trying to break this down for Tipperary yeah. fans that might not know the yeah. Wexford player as well. He says, it's 15 Colin Bonners. <laughs> so, like, I thought that was a good one. How do you it's see this good. one, Michael? Uh, oh God, I hate it because I'd love to see Wexford win. I really would. I think they're, I love the crowd and the colours. And if, if they're in the all in final, it'd be unreal. But I just think Sheedy's going to have Limerick uh, tip hopping off the ground. I do. I'd, I'd actually think they're going to beat Wexford well. Uh, right. I, I just ha- have this feeling they have, they were awful against Leash, awful against Limerick in the, in the Munster final. I don't think Wexford would have learned too much from the Leash game, to be honest with you. Now, I think Sheedy would have been fuming because the, say the Leash goal, as, as I heard before, the, the ball can go by you, the man can go by you, but the two can't go by you together. That was a good one. They should have, Brendan Marsh should have cleaned out. I think it was uh, Ross King got the goal. He just flicked by two players and I think that's the big disappointment but I think she would lay it into the tip lad since that 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 doesn't happen here against Wexford and I just think if they if they click which they haven't over the last few games they really really hurt Wexford and I think you'll have them playing out the lines because they know Wexford are a sweeper I think they'll play smartly from the back line and we're due big games from the likes of Bubbles and and, and uh, the McGraths and Callanan so I just think I, th- I think Wexford tip are going to beat them and beat them well right okay so Michael Ryan was quoted uh, Brian during the week and he says I think it'll be tactical they'll still play with their tried and trusted system we and Tip have come up against that system time and time again there's nothing new there we haven't seen before and our record of dealing with that is actually quite good and it made me think like it probably is a bit good like they've definitely been able to take care of Waterford playing that system yeah they have um, but look I've said this a couple times I was in Wexford Park this year and Wexford really troubled them. Uh, now, I know Noel McGrath was sent off, but Wexford won by a point. But, you know, five or six times, and particularly in that first half, they opened Tipperary up completely. They were at sixes and sevens. Um, you know, Park Mar was really last gasp defending. And, and just sometimes it was even Wexford just dropping the ball. Um, it wasn't necessarily good defending either. Um, I think Wexford were a much slicker outfit now. They have huge confidence. Don't underestimate that confidence um, in Wexford. These um, these guys thrive on that. You know, you, you're talking about the likes of Conor McDonnell, Lee Chin. These boys are real confidence hurlers. Um, you know, Dermot O'Keefe. They're, we've been saying this. This Wexford team is no mugs. Often we were we were you know um, given out about Wexford because we felt they were being impinged a little bit and held back a little bit. But I think they're going to really cause this tip team to be to, to struggle. I think the tip back line and the tip half-forward line are really struggling at the moment. They don't have a settled midfielder alongside Noel McGrath. They have a lot of questions they need to answer themselves. Um, so they're, they're not the team that we saw uh, towards the end of May and in June. Um, 
and they're a little bit brittle with confidence even because you could you could see that within some of their hurlers you know Noel McGrath or sorry not Noel McGrath um, Bubbles Dwyer John McGrath these boys were you know I know the I know like they're top class hurlers but it's not easy um, when you're not playing well and they didn't play well against Leach and they didn't play well in the Munster final mm. I take Michael's point that Shady would have had a massive stick to beat these boys with over the last few weeks he will have them raring for mad for action I think we'll see a much much better tip performance but I just think don't underestimate this Wexford team they are better than people are giving them credit for yeah okay fair enough um, just quickly last one was this puck out to James Barry that Leash kind of exposed yeah. like I mean Tip will be too smart for that surely they'll put James Barry out centre back for the puck out maybe and drop Paddy Maher in you know and let him I'm sure they'll have worked that out so in a, in a way Leash have done them a favour Michael yeah. with that one Yeah I don't think they'll go short to him like, look it's it's it'd be on James Barry's mind as well you know <laughs> I, I nearly don't want the ball at this stage I can imagine it's going to be like that but they just won't go that short will you like, and if they do go short Wexford will probably leave him on his own you know to, to, to goad them a bit but I'd say if Sheedy says if she's, he's the only back available to just go along Right, I, don't, okay. I just don't think they'll go short him because it hasn't worked in the past. So. But if, the, if, if say for example, if, if Tipperary put Paddy Maher full back, uh, Wexford wouldn't want to go and short to Paddy because he'd use it better. Yeah. And James Barry, if they mark Paddy at full back, yeah. James Barry would be f- free at centre back, which you probably don't want him free at, they wouldn't want no. him to leave him free at centre back. No, because right? they would give it to him then. They would give it no, to him then. No, they definitely would. Yeah. So you'd be, you'd be sort of, if they do do that, you'd have a player in between both. You know, but uh, I don't. I couldn't see Paddy Mar going back full back just for Pukyo. So I don't think it'd be no. Shady style. Right. So um, I just say to go long if James Barry's the only available forward. Okay, you're going by back. Tipperary minus three to handicap on Cardinal Paddy Powers minus three. You're going for that, and you're going for Wexford just straight up win. Uh, Brian, the same as myself. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay, and that's not just because I'm going to Wexford tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, that'll do. That's brilliant stuff. Um, that's always time for. We'll be back with Damien from Paddy Power next. Damien from Paddy Power, how's it going? Not too bad, Colin, how are you? All good, all good. Come here, right, we'll start off with my accumulator. It's not really accumulator now, it's more of a double. Yeah, it's a double. We're getting to the business end of the year, I suppose, so we've only got a couple of matches. Uh, you've gone for Limerick and Wexford both to win, and we're going to enhance that from 7-2 to two out to 9-2. to 7-2 to two out to 9-2, to two. OK, that's not bad. Um, Wexford is the outsider, and Limerick are the favourites in that one. Anything else you want to yeah. tell us about before we get into the two games? Yeah, we have a few more specials just on one side that I'll go through. Uh, one is uh, the three, maybe the three big players playing this weekend. Seamus Callanan, Aaron Galan, and TJ Reid all score a goal at 10 to 1. Um, another one just with the games in Crow Park, maybe they could be high scoring. All teams to score 25 or more points is 8 to 1. And another one that I think could be a bit popular this weekend, looking back at last year's semi-finals, we've both games to be a draw at 100 to 1. Of course, last year's semi-finals, both matches were draws. So if you fancy something at a bigger price, 100 to 1 for both games to be a draw. Yeah, OK, Euro there. Here, let's not yeah, go crazy, works, give a bit works. of an interest. Worth a euro, all right. That's <laughs> definitely that's worth a euro. Um, right, Wexford Tipperary. Both both games are actually priced the, the exact same. We're not. You're not. Uh, you don't have much faith in the Leinster teams. No, well, I suppose. I suppose if it was Lim- if it was Tipperary versus Kilkenny, they'd probably be a bit a bit closer together. But we're kind of pricing. I suppose we think Limerick are a bit ahead of Tipperary, and despite the Leinster or the Leinster final result, we probably think Kilkenny are a bit ahead of Wexford, based on the Cork game when they got a few forwards back and they looked a bit stronger. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. So, anything in the Wexford Tipperary game you want us to you want to tell us about? 
Yeah, I know you've Wexford in your double and I'm a, I'm a tip man myself, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think Wexford have a very good chance here. I think haven't, tip haven't looked great in their last couple of matches. They have problems in like the full back line, midfield and the half forward line, you could say it looks like. So it depends, of course, whether tip can rediscover their form from earlier in the year, early in the Munster Championship. And I think the key thing will be whether Tip can get goals against this Wexford team because I think Tip will probably need goals to win it. Uh, just a few bets I've picked out. Uh, one bet I like is Liam Ryan is 28 to 1 to be man of the match. He'll be full back for Wexford and he'll be marking Seamus Callanan. So I think if he has a big game and if he keeps Callanan quiet, which is easier said than done, of course, I think he could definitely be in the run for man of the match. And the other bet I like is uh, under two and a half goals at the match in, at 6 to 4. Um, I just think all Wexford games this year have been they've been low goal totals. Wexford don't tend to score many goals, and they don't tend to concede many. So under two and a half goals at six to four is another bet I like. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Under under two and a half goals. So there was no goals in the Galway game in Salt Hill. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, and the, one goal in both matches with Kilkenny. So yeah, it's it's come up lately. Yeah. So I think I think that has a good chance of coming up. Yeah. Okay. Anything Limerick Kilkenny then? Um, I suppose the thing here is whether Limerick can kind of. If, if Limerick play like they did in the Munster final I suppose I don't think anyone can live with them but it's a question of whether they can duplicate that and some of the Munster champions in recent years have been a bit flat in semi-finals so you'd maybe give Kilkenny a chance I think like Kilkenny's performance against Cork was very good and they look to have strong forwards now with Walter Walsh Richie Hogan TJ Reid Mullen and Fenley that's that, that's a strong forward line it's a better team than they were able to put out in the Leinster Championship uh, one bet I like because I think both forwards will get chances here is 6-5 to five, Limerick to win and both teams to score a goal yeah. I could just I could just see it being quite open I think Limerick probably will edge it I, do, I fancy Limerick I just think they're a little bit better in the backs than Kilkenny are and um, if I was picking someone I think Galan at 7-1 to for man the match he's been kind of quiet-ish cut through the championship for a player who was brilliant during the league and was our favourite for hurler of the year at the start of the year. But I think this could be the day he really puts it together in Crow Park and I think seven to one man the match is good price. Yeah. Okay. I think that's six to five on Limerick to win and both teams to score a goal is a very good one, right? Because yeah, so I, you know there's not great value in Limerick at eight to fifteen. Yeah, it just bumps up the price a bit and like looking at both sets of forwards you think it's very hard to see either of them not scoring a goal so it just bumps up your price to kind of a backable price on Limerick at 6-5 to five. Yeah okay brilliant stuff Damien thanks very much Alright thanks Colm Alright that's always time for we'll be back on Monday as usual where we'll review the two All-Ireland semi-finals so we'll talk to you then Good luck The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power home of the GA Hour Hurling Acca And when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go I said I'd stay going so it opened up we were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.